Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. They will miss the goal because they work so freaking hard on the wrong things and then get super discouraged because they don't understand where they're going wrong. They assume something's wrong with them personally and they give up. Or they're like, oh, okay, this dream isn't good enough or I'm not good enough to pull this dream off because freaking A, I've been trying for 18 months or 18 years and I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. They give up because they get discouraged, not because they're at a disadvantage, not because they're not talented or smart or strong or meant for this thing, but because they're working hard on the wrong stuff. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Here we go. Guys, we are here for another episode of the show, and I'm really excited about this conversation for a couple of reasons. Number one, I did put on some lip liner today, so I feel like a grown-up. That's great. And number two, I started recording this episode yesterday and I was so excited by the topic and so excited by some of the ideas that I have for y'all that I didn't finish and I thought I was going to break it into two parts. And last night I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? This is such an important conversation 
I'm literally going to re-record it. So this is my second take at this chat because I realized that these are, I think, some really incredible ideas for how to be the most productive you've ever been. And with something that's that important, especially in a season like this one where everyone is so freaking busy, I just wanted to make sure that I did my very best with this episode. So I'm actually doing take two and hopefully it'll be the best podcast I've ever done because I already had a practice round. But let's, I guess, start with why we're having another conversation about productivity. Because number one, there's a million pieces of content that you can find on the internet that will tell you how to be more productive. I personally have written about it in books. I have talked about it on this show many times. I've shared advice and ideas and insights. And it's sort of like, how can you keep having more information to share about the same stuff? But I do because I have started doing a process that I found really, really effective, kind of based on stuff I've done in the past, but a new way to look at it. And the more effective this is for me, the more I'm like, dang, I got to share with those guys, those guys meeting you in this situation, because I think it can be really helpful for you as well. This is for frankly, anyone who is working on some kind of goal, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a dreamer, you are writing your first book, you want to start your own podcast, you're building an online community, you are volunteering, you're a college student, you're a high school student, like it doesn't matter what the goal is. It matters that if you are going to work on something you see traction, you see progress, you see results. Because most people will not get to their goal, not because they're not trying, not because they're not working so hard, not because they don't believe in it. They will miss the goal because they work so freaking hard on the wrong things and then get super discouraged because they don't understand where they're going wrong. They assume something's wrong with them personally and they give up. Or they're like, oh, okay, this dream isn't good enough or I'm not good enough to pull this dream off because freaking A, I've been trying for 18 months or 18 years and I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. They give up because they get discouraged, not because they're at a disadvantage, not because they're not talented or smart or strong or meant for this thing, but because they're working hard on the wrong stuff. So when I talk about productivity, what I want to discuss today is not how do you get more things off your to-do list. I'm not interested in a conversation about how you check all those boxes and those daily tasks that you're already doing. Today, I want to talk about epic productivity, the kind of productivity that when you do these things, your project moves miles. It's a difference from 
incremental, like teeny tiny, barely moving to like, holy shit, what just happened? Like I've done something. I don't know if you've ever experienced that kind of growth in your project where you're working, you're working, you're working. If this was a graph, you guys maybe can't see me if you're not watching this on video, but imagine a graph where it's just really flat. You're working, you're working, you're working, and all of a sudden it's like a hockey stick. It just, whew, it experiences exponential growth. And if you've never had that kind of moment, I freaking want that for you. And if you have had that kind of moment, then I want to unpack some ways that you can experience it again. I realize I'm so hyped up right now that I feel like I almost sound like I'm going to sell you something or I got a product or it. No, I have nothing to sell you. There is no course that you're going to sign up for. There's no product that you're going to buy. I'm just super pumped because I feel like these are really good ideas. So just know this is just my, my excitement is not because I'm going to sell you a used car. It's because I think it's really good. And my fingers are crossed that this is helpful for y'all. And if it is, if this episode is helpful for you, will you please share it with someone? Will you put it on your social media? Will you send it out to a friend? Will you just share with someone that you think could also use this information? Let's jump in. Headed back, going back to this idea of epic productivity and really making incredible strides. The first thing that you have to do is get away from this very narrow focus you have on this project. We're going to come back to narrow focus. I'm going to break this into two parts today. We're going big and we're going super laser focused, but we're going to start with the big stuff. And in order to look at the big picture view of this goal, I want you to imagine if you've ever been to New York City or in a city anywhere that has a bustling downtown. So I'm going to use Manhattan as my example. And I want you to think that when you are on a street corner in Manhattan, even if you've never been, I'm sure you've seen a movie where you can imagine this, you can see all of the things that are going on at the street level. You can see the, the detail, the tiny minutiae. But to get to a place where you can really begin to see results. So I want you to imagine that you go into the lobby of a skyscraper. It's the Empire State Building. It's 30 Rock. It's any of those giant tall buildings you've ever seen in a movie about New York. And you go get into an elevator and you take it all the way to the top floor. You go to the observation deck. You go to the penthouse. And you go look at the view. From up above, from that height, you see an entire world that you didn't see before. And that's what I want you to do when you think of this, this goal, this project, this dream. In fact, to be most effective here, why don't you pick one goal that you are personally working on right now in your life? I just want you to think it. Just have it come into your mind. And I want you to imagine, okay, I'm going to get in this elevator and I'm going to go to the top floor and I'm going to look at this from high above. In this instance, the street level, those details that you saw down below, that's the to-do list. 
That's what everyone focuses on. I'm going to make this itemized list of all of this stuff that I need to get through, deal with, and you're working really hard and you're getting nowhere, right? What do you do when you're working so hard, you knock stuff off the list every day, but you're no further along than you were when you started? We're going to get away from the to-do list and that minutia. Imagine that you're going to the top floor and we're going to take a bird's eye view of this project. Up here in the clouds, the bird's eye view is results. Please listen to me. You have got to focus on the results that you are looking for, not the to-dos. And I know we have talked about this before. I've talked about it on this podcast. I wrote about it in Girl Stop Apologizing. I've talked about it during keynotes on stages all over the world. But if you want to actually gain traction, you've got to focus on what is the outcome that I need from a situation. Not what do I need to do, but what is the result that I am looking for? And just so you know, results are going to be a lot harder to come by. They're the pieces that really move something forward. They're the calls that you're super afraid to make. They're the connection that you really need to this person because they're going to be the one that hooks you up with the information. Results are harder to come by, which is why most people don't focus on them because they're freaking scary. Look, when you make a to-do list, what do you start to focus on first? Most humans, if they make a to-do list, will focus on the easy stuff. We'll get the emails out of the way. We'll respond to those calls. We'll do the stuff that's easy, low-hanging fruit because we want to feel accomplished. Accomplished. Uh, Honestly, accomplishment is like the death of productivity because you're getting all of these things checked off your list, but none of them are doing anything for you. So we don't want to focus on the little stuff because the little stuff will become a distraction from, I don't know, accomplishing one thing this week that really moves the needle. How I have approached this forever is with a results list. You've probably heard me talk about it before, but I really tweaked this idea in the last six to nine months, and I'm seeing really incredible results. So this is sort of the big picture thing that I want to share with you, and I'm calling it, for lack of a better description, results-based journaling, results-based journaling. And I do this in, I mean, I use moleskin journals, but use anything that you have, literally any piece of paper. I always believe that it's important to write things down if you can. There's some science between using two different modalities. So that would be the thought process to think of what you want to write and the actual writing of something. There's some science behind that being more powerful when it comes to goal setting. You do this however you want if you want to type it or or do it digitally. But I have a notebook. And if you haven't ever heard me talk about this before, I have carried these around forever. Even before I found Moleskin, I sort of carried around the same kind of notebook. And I prefer ones, again, if you're not seeing this on video, I prefer those that are blank inside just because I use this for everything. 
I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I doodle in here. I journal, like the therapeutic journal sessions I do in the morning where I'm talking about my life, go into this journal. My work stuff goes into this journal. My ideation, I have an idea in a brainstorm here for a fiction book. I've got ideas for the chapters of the nonfiction book that I'm writing right now. Everything goes in my journal. And I think that's really powerful because no matter where I am, I can access all the stuff I need. I can flip back to months ago and see where I was. I can see what I was working on. I can see ideas that I had. So all of that to say, I'm just I'm a huge fan of having a journal with you wherever you go. That being said, I started doing this thing where instead of making a list of results, I, I would divide it over two pages. So I'd open up, imagine that my journal is like a book if you can't see me right now. And I would open up to two blank pages in my journal. And on each page, I write two major goals that I am currently working on. And two of those are my life and my work. And two of those are stretch goals. 
their dreams, their future rage is working on this stuff. Like current rage is not yet good enough to pull these things off. Future rage is the one that's like trying to make these things happen. These are dreams for a future version of me that I will actually have to level up and learn more and grow in order to pull these things off. So just to say that again, I've got four goals total to our daily life. And I can tell you those two. So the first is podcast. Hello, welcome to my podcast. And the second is the current book that I am writing. And then I have two goals that are, for lack of a better term, stretch goals. These are things I'm not yet capable of doing, but I am actively working on them. Because if we want the future version of ourselves to have dreams coming to fruition, we've got to start before we're ready. So on these two pages, I make a header of each one of those goals. And something I found to be really helpful for me, at least the way my brain thinks, is I don't list out the specific goal when I'm writing the category. Meaning, I know that one of my personal goals for my podcast is 10 million downloads a month. We've never done a number that high and I'm really proud of our listenership. We keep growing. It's like amazing how much traction and energy and life has happened to the podcast this year alone. But my goal is 10 million monthly downloads, which is a shit ton in case you're wondering. That's a lot in a month. But I believe in calling a big shot and aiming at something. And you've maybe heard me talk about before how important it is to be specific with your goals. Not just so you know what you're working toward, but if you have a team of people, they have to know what they're doing here and why we're all working on this thing. And if you step out even wider than just your team and yourself, I also believe that the universe is paying attention. I believe that we attract things into our lives with our focus. I believe when you're thinking about something over and over and over, you can manifest it, good or bad. So if you have the ability to manifest a bad day, and I'm sure you've all experienced that before, then you have the ability to manifest good stuff too. If your mind is that powerful, you better stand guard right? You better, can't remember who whose quote that is, that you have to stand guard at the gate of your mind to make sure that you are thinking about things that you want to come to fruition. And with goals, I want to be really specific. If God and the universe is listening to my thoughts and my prayers and my intention, not only that, my subconscious, my intuition, all these things are paying attention to what I'm thinking about then I better be specific, right? The, people get this so wrong because they're not specific enough. They'll be like, I want to make more money. Okay, you got a $5 raise. Wait, 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 no, no, that's not what I mean. Yeah, I know it's not what you mean. But if you don't know what you're asking for, it's no wonder that you're not getting it. It's, it's pretty ballsy to call your shot and say what you're hoping for. And you don't have to start with something audacious. I didn't start out saying, oh, I hope I get 10 million podcast downloads in a month. 
I'm in my sixth year of doing this show. When I first started, my goal was, could I find 10 guests? In 2017, that was my only goal. Could I find 10 people? Not even like super cool people. Could I just find literally 10 people who would come and talk to me about anything? That was my first goal. So it took a long time to get to this audacious level. But even then, I had a very specific idea in mind. I don't put those kind of things in my header for this particular process, this, what did I call it? Results-based journaling. When I do this, maybe it's the writer in me or the like storyteller in me, but I just want it to feel a little bit more fun. I want this to have some energy because a lot of the things that I end up writing on here, they feel hard and they feel scary. And if it all feels like you got to do these things and also you have this massive goal that you're nowhere near yet, like it just feels daunting to me. I don't want this to feel daunting. I want this process to feel invigorating and exciting. So I don't write, like for instance, I don't say podcast 10 million monthly downloads. I say, because I just did this, momentum in the podcast. Momentum. Momentum's like a sexy word. Makes me shimmy my shoulders. Makes me feel like, okay, all right, we're just, we just want a little momentum. We just want a little energy. We want life. Momentum to me is this thing keeps going. It keeps growing. It keeps elevating. Another one that I have on here is to, this is one of my big stretch dreams that I'm not going to tell you about yet, but I say move blank forward. Like I just want to move this thing forward down the road for, I just started doing this today, so I haven't filled out my second two, but let me tell you what it was last week. Uh, For my book, the book that I'm currently writing, the header for that one is energy and life in my new book. Uh, For the fourth one on here, which is a stretch dream, I have kickstart, fill in the name of the project. So the header to me matters. Maybe it won't matter to you, but I just thought I'd add that little piece of wanting this to feel fun and cool. And this is essentially a brainstorm that me is having with me. And if I'm the solo person in this, I want it to feel as joyful as it can. I think when I was younger in my career, I really was so hard on myself because that was the only way I knew how to get results. And I wasn't even conscious of it. I just, in retrospect, had some pretty harsh internal dialogue. And by the way, that worked. It worked. It helped me to write books. It helped me to run a company. It helped me to train for a marathon. It helped me to do all the things that I wanted to do. It also made me sick. It also gave me debilitating anxiety. It also, I think in a lot of ways is how I ended up with Bell's palsy so many times and the nerve damage that I have. Because when you're filling your mind and your heart with that negative self-talk, even if you get the results that you want, you're not going to get the life that you dream of. In whatever way works for you, just consider laying that out so that it feels fun. So step one is breaking down the projects. I have four as a person who has spent the last 15 years becoming really good at goal setting and achievement. I am. I'm I'm very good at this. 
maybe sounds like a douchebag, but I am very productive. I get a lot of stuff done. I've written 10 books. I've published over 400 episodes of this show, six years in, have have had a company that was massive. I've had companies that are small. I have a mighty team now that's small but mighty. I have written so many things, done a crap ton of press, like raised four really good kids. I think that I'm pretty good at achieving goals. So I guess I'd love, I mean, just take my word for it, that you can achieve goals from a place of fear and scarcity and being hard on yourself. And you can absolutely achieve as many, if not more, from a place of love and joy and hyping yourself up and having fun with the process. So just know that this is the perspective of someone who's done this for a really long time. So I do have four, but maybe you start with one. Maybe you just start with one. One goal Give yourself a great little header. What is it that you want to do? And then this is where it really gets fun. When you're in a great head and heart space, maybe you take yourself to go get a coffee. You're at your favorite coffee shop. Maybe you're on a plane. Maybe you put the baby down for a nap and you've got, you know, an hour to yourself. You settle in with a nice tea and you just begin to dream. In that space of dreaming, I ask okay, what is every result that I need that will move this dream further along? If you have read Girl, Stop Apologizing, I talk about this a lot. If you haven't, you could get it at the library. Do you know to buy it? Get it at the library for free. Borrow it from a friend. You can listen to it on audio. But essentially, there's a whole chapter that talks about this idea of starting with the end result that you want for your goal, starting at the end and then backing up from there. And I take you through this process of like creating a roadmap, like, okay, this is the finish line. This is where I am. What are the mile markers that happen along the way? In this instance, if you're familiar with that language or you've read that work before, that's how I want you to think of this. What are the results? What are the mile markers that will move this further along? And a really powerful lens to see this activity through is to ask, okay, if I was the future version of myself, if I was me 10 years from now and I had already achieved all of these things, what would I not be afraid to do right now? If I was the rock, if I was Oprah, If I was Shonda Rhimes or Blake Lively or I'm trying to like a Harvard professor, a Tim Ferriss, like just whoever your hero is in this category, if you were already them, what would they not be afraid to do? What would they do because they've already done it, they have the connections, they've got the clout? How would they approach this problem that you're not approaching it in that way because you got this whole BS symphony in the back of your mind telling you all the ways you're not smart enough, you don't measure up, you don't have enough skills or resources, people are going to think you're stupid, nobody wants to help you, like all of that crap that's going on in the back of your mind that's holding you back. What if that wasn't there? 
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. There's this great video of Tony Robbins from like 20 years ago. And I can't think of what it's called, but see if you can find it on YouTube later. Essentially, he's like talking about this idea of like action, results, reward, Blah. I can't remember what it is. If you Google those words in his name, I feel like you will find this very old video and it's freaking gold, you guys. Like it's gold. But essentially, if you believed, first category is believe. If you believed that you were this person, what is the action you would take? Not what is the action you will take? Not you, Sarah. Not you, Chloe. Not you, Chantal. Not you, Becky, Preeta, Maria, whoever's listening, not you, but like if you believed that you were this like leveled up version of yourself, what is the action you would take then? And that's really important because you, as you're sitting here today, don't maybe feel as capable, don't maybe feel as worthy. But right now, we're trying to get to the results that you need, not all the other stuff. So if you were that person, what is the action you would take? That's what I want you to put in your journal under the heading of the category you're working on. So I usually try and come up with six to eight ideas every single week that will move the project further down the road. And I really have to stick with this idea of if I was that version what is the action I would take? Because at this level, and by the way, whenever we're trying to grow in a big area of our life, it's, quote, at this level. Like, at this level, you're going to have to push yourself outside your comfort zone. And you're going to have to do things that seem scary. So for right now, don't even try and figure out how you're going to do that thing, how you're going to get the courage to pick up the phone and call that person. Just say, if I believed in myself, what is the action I would take? And just to give you a cheat sheet on the rest of that video, basically you have a belief that would give you the action. And then you do that thing. And no matter what the result is, it is a much greater result than you would have gotten if you did nothing. So you have a belief which gives you an action, which gives you a result, but the result reinforces belief. And you're like, okay, I called that person, I asked for the business, and I did not die. And that actually gives me a greater belief in myself. So what's the action I'm going to take now? And what's the result I'm going to get based on that action? And what's the belief that's going to come as the result? from that action. And it's just this beautiful cycle that helps you to build momentum. So underneath my header, I put six to eight things, some of which I can easily like, okay, yes, it's going to be a total pain in the butt to pull off, but I can do it. 
And then some of them are like, "Mm, (laughs) that's scary. Like, I don't want to do that thing. But y'all, those are the ones that are everything. Those are the ones that are going to give you those hockey stick kind of results. I was listening to a podcast. I hope you guys saw this. I shared it on my Instagram stories because I think it's one of the best podcast episodes I've ever heard. But Tim Ferriss interviewed Seth Godin. And I hope if you're in this community, you know who both of those people are. But Tim Ferriss interviewed Seth Godin. And I mean, this episode is like freaking A. It is just nugget after nugget after nugget. The freaking wisdom, the ideas, the ugh, if you're a business owner, a writer, like if you're freaking doing anything, I feel like there's nuggets for you. But in that episode, Seth talks about that we spend way too much time that we're like impatient about the wrong things that we're, I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but essentially like we're impatient about things that will be recognized externally as hustle. Okay. Let me say that again. We are impatient about the things that other people will recognize as hustle. The You know, we're impatient following up with too many emails. We're impatient abusing our networking connections. We're impatient trying to hustle and do all these things. And we're way too patient on all the internal BS that we're not dealing with, which are actually the things that would move the project forward. The internal BS that we're not dealing with is the fact that you want to write a book and you haven't written any words. The internal BS is you coming to terms with why you want to have a podcast, but you only did six episodes and you never posted again. The internal BS is you recognizing that you're so petrified of getting it wrong or you're so petrified of failing or you're so petrified of the public watching you fail that you've produced three pieces of content and you gave up. That's the internal stuff that we are way too patient with and we're, we need to flip it. We need to be more patient with the external motivation and we need to be impatient with ourselves. I've quoted my friend Tom Bilyeu a thousand times, but he says the secret to his success is his willingness to stare naked at his own inadequacies. He's honest with himself about that internal stuff. He's not patient with himself. He's like, okay, if we want to go here, then we're going to have to have some real conversations about what this looks like and why we're still in this place. So anyway, that episode, it's it's recent. So I don't know the episode number, but if you haven't checked it out, it's on Tim Ferriss's show. It's an interview with Seth Godin. Freaking A, so good. But I love that he talks about that idea that we're impatient about the wrong things. So the list that you make are these results, some of which you can pull off if you're impatient with yourself about what actually needs to get done. And some of them are going to be external things that require you to get out over your skis and to push yourself into zones where you don't feel comfortable, but that's where all the magic is. Okay. So that's the first big picture thing. You're standing up here. 
you're on the top of the building, you're looking out and you're looking at the results that this week are going to radically affect what you want to do. I really want to make sure that you don't accidentally just make a to-do list of stuff that's impossible. Everything that you put in this journaling under like every single tick that you're going to put under your header needs to be something that you're like, I can do this, but I don't want to. If one of your goals is to write a book, let's say, you better not put that one of the things you need to do to move this further along is like get a publishing contract. The question is, what can I do this week that will give me results? And maybe you look at that and it sucks because the only thing on your list is, damn it, I got to write. I wanted to brainstorm. I wanted to join a writer's group. I wanted to research cover options. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to. But when I got real with myself about that internal struggle, the internal struggle I got to face up to is writing some damn words this week. So don't use this as an opportunity to list out a bunch of stuff that's not going to move the needle. The question is, what's going to move the needle? Now, got that results-based journaling way up here, high up above. The second thing that I want you to think of when you're still up here at the top, we're going to go down to the street level in a minute, but when you're still up here at the top, I want you to think about resources is what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it resources. I want you to think about who you know that knows someone who will know. (laughs) I'm pretty proud of this. Like, just stick with me for a minute. Because I was thinking about, I really tried to go through and write. I don't normally do this, but I was hoping it would be helpful if I approach this conversation today through the lens of what If you were sitting in front of me and you were hearing me describe my journaling practice, I wanted to think of what you might say, okay, but, okay, but Rachel, this. Okay, but what about this? Okay, but what about this? So I was like, okay, what would they say if they're sitting in front of me? And the best example I have to do this with is RISE Conference. Doing conference forever, getting to talk to so many women We do this practice, right, where we lay out goals and we talk about dreams and we have this whole vision for our life. And I know the feedback because I get it in the room. And one of the things that I know people run into is they'll sit down, they'll they'll give you that header. They're like, I'm feeling good, Rach. I'm in a good state of mind. I'm doing this thing. And they start to list out and they list out one or two and they're like, I don't know what else to do here. I literally don't know. I was imagining you sitting in front of me and saying, Rach, I literally have been trying to do this for 18 months. If I freaking knew what to do, I would have already done it. So I was like, okay, how do I help them if they don't know what the next steps are? And that's when I came up with the idea of who do you know? Who knows someone who knows? Now, Notice that I have put this into three (laughs) layers, and there's a reason why. The reason why is I want, not everyone is going to preach this to you, but I want to preach this to you, like for real, for real. 
I have had the success that I've had in my career in publishing, in media, in press, in all of these things because I build really strong working relationships and I do not take advantage of them. I don't mean that I don't utilize those friends, but I do not take advantage. And I want to be very clear, just let us as a community have this information if no one's ever told you this before. So many people will guide you into how to network and how to increase connections and what's like a hot lead versus a cold lead. But the reality is that that kind of hustle culture kind of doesn't care if you lose a friendship. They don't care if you make someone feel super creeped out. They don't care if this person that you're talking to can tell that you're being sleazy and that you don't really care about them. You're just looking for the connection. I feel like there's too much conversation about like how to network or how to connect with people, but those relationships aren't real because they feel transactional. They feel fake. Humans are not dumb. They can tell if you're only talking to them to get something. So a huge piece of success for me is I've nurtured relationships. I've, someone gives me an opportunity. I show up 10,000%. I over the top deliver. I'm there for whatever they need. Those relationships have taken years to develop and I don't abuse them. I have a lot of friends who are some of the biggest celebrities in the world, literally. You've never seen them on the show. You've never seen them in my social feeds. I don't even use their names because they are my real friends. The get for me of being able to have even one of them as a guest on the show would be huge. It would put this podcast into a different stratosphere because of the level of person. But I would never ever abuse my very real life friendship by asking for something like that. I believe that if you're good at what you do and you put your head down and you freaking do the work and you keep leveling up, I believe 100% that this show will get to a place where one of my friends, like publicists, is like, oh, hey, we're looking for shows for you to do the next round of promo and like here's 10. And they're gonna be like, oh my God, that's my girl. And that's how it'll happen, not because I asked for it. So the reason that I put this next step into three parts is if I said, who do you know who has the answer? I worry that you could potentially pitch someone or ask for something that your relationship is not ready to handle. So rather than that, I want you to think of who do I know who knows someone who knows. I have found in my life that asking people to share knowledge is a lot easier than you think it is if it's approached in the right way. So if you are making a list in your journal and you feel confused about 
what to do next in this particular area, I want you to go, man, do I know anybody who knows someone who knows? Do I know someone that, oh yeah, their roommate works in tech and they might be able to answer a question for me? Oh, my aunt's best friend owns a bakery and I wonder if she could tell me some of the pitfalls she encountered when she opened her bakery. Who do you know who knows someone who knows? So it just takes the pressure off you going directly to the top and being like, oh, hey, Dwayne Johnson. That's not one of my real friends, but I freaking wish it was. But like going to this like great new connection that you have and completely destroying it because you're asking for too much too soon. There's a great Steve Martin quote that says, be so good, they can't ignore you. I promise that if you focus on being so good, you will get to a place where those major connections you have are like, yo, how do we collaborate? And you're like, woo, I've been waiting for this for three years. Let me tell you all my ideas. But let them come to you. In this instance, you're just looking for someone. Who do I know who has some knowledge? I just did this in my real life with one of my dreams. Using this method, this was like where I came up with this idea One of the projects on my list is massive. It's so fancy, so big. I cannot wait because I've been like teasing this out for years and I cannot wait until this comes to fruition. And I'm like, y'all, we've been talking about this for a while and mama finally came to play. But I needed sort of the next steps. And honestly, I just, I'm like for a month I had been going, I do not know what to do. I kept saying to my friends, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a game, but I don't know the rules. And because I don't know the rules, I'm not sure what to do next. And it's really frustrating. So I was like, okay, wait, let's this week just focus on who do I know who might know someone who knows. And the results that your girl got from this exercise So I thought of a few friends that I had, and I didn't know who they knew, but my instinct was given the industry they were in, they might. So I reached out to like five different people, and here's what I want you to get. The worst thing that people do when they're looking for knowledge from someone they don't know well is they go, can I pick your brain? Can I take you to coffee and pick your brain? Can I take you to to drinks or to lunch? And can I pick your brain? With respect, anyone who wants someone to pick their brain, they're not busy enough to be the one giving you advice. Yeah. You want advice from a person at a high level who doesn't have time to go have lunch with a stranger. If someone has time to go get coffee and let you pick their brain, they're probably not the advice that you need to be taking. That's real. So do not ask for a ton of time because they're likely not going to have time or they're going to see that request and just roll their eyes. They're like, I am the CEO of a company with 40 employees. No, stranger who's a friend of my cousin, I don't have time to go let you pick. And they won't even respond, perhaps. I want you 
to think of one, maybe two very specific questions that you would like answered. Remember, we're focusing on results. And if your friend's willing to connect you on email, they'll connect you on text or whatever, literally, I want you concise. My first boss always said, don't say in two paragraphs what you can say in a single sentence. I have never forgotten that. I want you to be concise. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. I know that your schedule is really hectic, so I'm very grateful. I'll just jump right to it. I am wondering this very specific thing. Can you give me any insight on that? What I have found is that most people, myself included, will, oh yeah, like if it can take someone less than six minutes to send you a reply, they get to feel like a good person, they get to share their knowledge, they'll pump you right back and give you that action step that you need to take. They're going to give you the wisdom that you are looking for. And by the way, you also saved yourself the distraction of a coffee with someone that you don't know, even if they were willing to go with you. The distract, you got to drive, you got to dress up, what am I wearing, make small talk, whatever, all because you wanted that one single result. And if you're like, wait, but you said you build these relationships, you're right, I do. But I build them through those authentic means. Because what I found is that most people, if it's not a cold call, if it's like a warm introduction through someone we both know, most people will give me that information. And this is even when nobody knew my name. They would share that information with me and they'd be like, hey, and if you try this and you are confused by the results or you have any other questions, feel free to hit me up. I just did this with one of my projects and I got some great results, but one of them was like treasure trove. Just, I could not have scripted a better response from what I got. So I asked one of my friends and he knew someone who's like, I'm not sure if they're right, but I think they might just have perspective for you. So go back and forth on email, very clear on what my question is. She was so lovely. She was like, oh, let's jump on the phone real quick, which is like the next level of relationship. When I get on that phone call, y'all, I am really conscious of, hey, again, I know you're super busy. I want to be respectful of your time. Just going to jump right in and ask this question. We had a great conversation. She gave me, oh my word, killer action steps, which is like, talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me with those action steps. Give me some results that I need to be looking for. So she gave me what, and she said, if you do this and you need more help, shoot me a note. And this morning I sent her a note and I said, hey, thank you so much, did the thing, because I really feel like when you're getting this kind of mentorship from people, you want them to know that you took it seriously. I did the thing, and I just had one more follow-up. Can you give me perspective? This is how you build a relationship. This is how you build a relationship with someone. It goes back and forth. I'm like, if there's anything I can ever help you with, if I can give you guidance on it, please hit me up. Like, da-da-da-da. This goes both ways. Eventually, when we're in the same city, I don't know if she's LA or New York, but I'll be out there on a business trip and I'll be like, hey, it's been so great getting to know you. Want to grab a drink? That's how you build a relationship. And it it's a vibe. It feels good. It feels like, okay, we're making results. So I want you 
If you're not sure what to do next and you're feeling stuck, ask, who do I know? Who knows someone? Who knows? Maybe you're stuck on your health journey and you feel like you've plateaued. You have no idea what to do next. Okay, what's one of your friends who you feel like has a really good handle on their fitness regimen or who you feel like, man, I really feel like they do a great job. They have a great relationship with food and nutrition. Ask them, who did you learn this from? Is there a book that you would recommend? It doesn't have to be a physical person. You, I do this all the time with my friends in business. I'll be like, Russell, hey, tell me what's the best book on this that you've ever read? Or like, oh, Tom, what? how did you learn this specific thing? Was it a course? Was it a YouTube video? People want to help, but they don't want you to waste their time. They're trying to hit their own goals as well. They don't want to be distracted either. So you have to be really conscious of setting yourself up for success. Those are the two big picture. You're at the top of the skyscraper. What do we see from up here? What are the results that we need? That's the journaling. That's part one. Because I realized that I have now talked for an hour about the high level stuff. And my next piece is, okay, now that we've seen high level, let's take the elevator back down to the street and go, but what are we going to do first? How do I motivate myself to do what I need to do? How do I actually get this shit done? So we're going big picture, and next we're going down to that granular micro level. That is going to be part two, and I want these to be too long because we're trying to be productive. So when you've got some more time, I want you to come back and listen to the next episode of the podcast, and that's going to give you some detail on the granular getting stuff done level. All right. I hope that that was as cool to you guys as it was to me because I'm a geek and that made me really happy and I hope it all made sense. If you are still here, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, if you are listening to this on audio, will you please subscribe? If you're still here after an hour, I got to think that there was something in it that was helpful for you. Please subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And please tell your friends. Let's grow this community. Let's do some good work. Um, I will be back soon with more conversation. And until then, I want you to remember I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.